You're listening to Small But Mighty, the podcast of the Small Nonprofits Alliance, the online hub for Australia's small charities. Hi everyone, I'm Bianca Crocker, founder of the Small Nonprofits Alliance. I'd like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the lands on which I live and work, and I acknowledge the traditional custodians on the lands on which you all reside and are listening to this podcast episode today. Sonia Ryan has dedicated herself to promoting internet safety for children and teenagers through the Carly Ryan Foundation, established in memory of her daughter after she was murdered by an online predator posing as a teenage boy 14 years ago. Sonia has worked tirelessly in her small charity to influence some mighty changes to Australian legislation to better to better protect young people on the internet. And she joins me today. Hi, Sonia, how are you? Hello, Bianca, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for being here as we were just having a little bit of a chat um, before we jumped onto the interview itself. But um, you've had so much going on lately, um, which we will chat a little bit about in this um, interview, but um, I do really appreciate your time um, to talk to us here today. So thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. So firstly, I guess you seem to have risen out of what I can only imagine was such a devastating um, and painful experience for you and your family. It's it's really quite remarkable, um, you know, when I think about what I've read about your story and, and your daughter's story. But I guess obviously there's quite a personal and traumatic nature to, to how you lost your daughter, Carly. So I think it's probably only fitting if you tell us about that experience that led you to setting up the Carly Ryan Foundation with, you know, with what you're comfortable um, talking about. And so you can set that context for our listeners today. I think, you know, for, for further information on actually what happened to Carly, um, it would be probably good for listeners to go to our website, carlyryanfoundation.com. But, you know, f- um, to cover the, the basics, um, essentially my daughter was groomed online by um, a man who was posing as a teenage boy. He had over 200 fake profiles he was using to try and manipulate and coerce um, young uh, girls all over the world. He tried to meet girls in Singapore, the US, um, and uh, he portrayed himself as this young lad so successfully that over a period of time, it was around about an 18-month period that he gained Carly's trust. Our computer was in our kitchen. He talked like a teenager. I would look over her shoulder and look at the conversations I were having. He was talking to all of her friends. Um, and, you know, he very cleverly deceived not only my daughter but myself as well Um, and uh, then eventually convinced my daughter to meet with him alone uh, without telling me. She believed that she was finally going to meet this young boy who, uh, who in her mind adored her, who in her mind supported her and, um, and very much cared about her and loved her. Um, but what she was actually walking into was a trap. Um, and uh, the the young boy turned out to be 50-year-old um, pedophile Gary Francis Newman. He met with my daughter and um, murdered her on a secluded beach probably about an hour from our home. Um, and, um, you know, as you can, as listeners can very well probably imagine, um, 
the world fell out from beneath me. Mm. Nothing prepares you for losing a child and least of all in that way. Mm. You know, she was such a beautiful, loving, kind kid who just believed in everybody and loved everybody. And that's they're the qualities he used to be able to manipulate her into going to meet with him alone. You know, don't tell your mum it'll be all right, I care about you, you know, like kind of, um, and this is, I guess, what predators do. They manipulate and coerce and use, try and use the best qualities of a person to get that person to do what they want them to do. So, um, you know, it was the first crime of its type in Australia, Carly was the first girl murdered by an online predator here. And so the media coverage was intense. It was the most horrible, um, it, it was, you know, it's, it's hard for me to find the words. It's hard for me to put into words how incredibly um traumatic the whole experience was. Um, in that groundless grief, um, I somehow managed to connect to essentially love, to essentially think about my daughter and, and what she would say to me and what she would want me to do. Um, I think in that level of trauma, because you don't only have the crime, you've got identification, you've got um, the details of the crime, the details of her suffering, the coroner's process, you know, the things that happened to me, no parent should ever have to see or do. Mm. And so in that process, I, I was like, oh, gosh, this can't happen to another child. Um, what can I effectively do to create change, to, to make sure that, you know, I, I do everything I can to, to help prevent another young girl suffering at the hands of a monster like this? Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking, well, here we are, 2007, we're just going into Facebook really big time and um, the online space is only going to continue to grow and evolve and so are criminals. You know, what a perfect space to be able to manipulate users, to be able to manipulate children um, because it's anonymous, it's borderless, you can be whoever you want to be in the space and then we've got the dark net. Um, that networks of criminals use as well. So I kind of, I think, through the, through, it was a couple of, of aspects really. Through the investigation, the grief, the gift in the grief, the gr gift in the trauma was the ability to uh, have an enormous sense of clarity. Grief of that magnitude strips all the layers of yourself away and it leaves you in a very raw place. And in that raw place, you have incredible connection and in that connection you can really see I think really for the first time in my life that was kind of the gift that that I was given in that trauma and then uh, because I had enormous sense of clarity I could kind of sit back and see the difficulties that law enforcement were having through Carly's case trying to get information trying to you know um uh you know, dealing with tech issues and all this kind of, I'm sitting back thinking, this stuff's got to change. I started looking at legislation and thinking, well, why couldn't they arrest him before, you know, he got his hands on my daughter? Um, what about in that grooming process? Why are people not held accountable for the actions they make online when we're held accountable for the actions we take offline? Mm. You know, a whole range of questions I had. And so... You know, I 
there was probably four years, I reckon, of intense hell of, you know, um, investigation was three years, trial was four months. Um, I couldn't do anything until Gary Newman was found guilty of her murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. His son, who helped him to murder my daughter, um, his name was suppressed. You know, he was acquitted because all the evidence pointed towards the father. The son went on to rape 13 girls under the age of 16 in Victoria and only got a 35-month sentence. So you can imagine where I was at. Mm. Mm. You know, it was just absolutely horrifying to me. And um, But, you know, there was nothing I could do about that and I kind of, because Carly and I are so different, just... I don't know, just completely made, completely different. I just couldn't focus on them and, and what they chose to do. I had to focus on my daughter. I had to focus on, as I said earlier, what she would want me to do. I had to focus on the love connection between the both of us. I had to focus on the outcome of what I could potentially do and not the trauma. Um, but I think because I faced the trauma head on in the beginning and I felt it and, that you know, that first four years of intense suffering, um, actually served me because then I was able to step forward um, in a in a, root, a a strength that I've never felt before, an inner strength that I don't know kind of awoke somehow. And I think again that was from that groundless grief and being connected to something I can't really explain. To be honest with you, um, it's almost as if you, you're act, something within you activates. Mm. I mean, that's always been there, mm. but you haven't been able to access it for whatever reason through, you know, life and, yeah. you know, our conditioning. You haven't, and, you haven't had such a great yeah. need to access it yeah. as well. Yeah. So, you know, once that trial was finished and I was actually legally able to, I incorporated the Carly Ryan Foundation and began the steps to create change. And I just, I don't know, like I said, with that clarity, I just had this vision. And it was like I just, there was no reason why I couldn't. It was almost like I just put limitless potential on what could potentially happen. Um, and I just didn't see roadblocks. I just didn't do them. I was just like, well, why can't we do this? Or, you know, so it sort of began with an education program to empower, educate kids um, in using the online space, enhancing their critical thinking skills, their resilience but really speaking from the heart. So Carly became the connector mm. with kids, students around the country. They heard her story. They heard what happened to her and then they saw her mother standing in front of them saying, I care about you. I lost my daughter. I want you to be happy in the online space. I don't want you to have any kind of suffering. So I'm here to benefit you. I'm about to share a whole bunch of information with you. The rest is your choice. You know, and so I would put the responsibility back onto them and then um, a lot of the feedback from students was, oh, my gosh, I felt so cared for. And then what started happening is kids felt safe to disclose. Yeah, wow. So all of a sudden I was in this position of like I became this mum to all of these kids, you know, and the privilege the gratitude, the honour of, of being in that position was just incredible. And so the program, Project Connect, just started to grow and grow. And you know what? We've never marketed it. 
just grown from just word of mouth. We go into a community and then people then just want to book, 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 book. And so we do, you know, the student sessions and the parent sessions. I've had to pull back on the parent sessions because I'm doing a lot more in uh, law reform and advocacy work and changing globally and I'm just not here as much but physically here even with COVID. But, um, you know, that kind of was the beginning process and now I have a, a team of wonderful presenters, young presenters that go in and talk to kids and have learnt from me. They've shadowed me. They've been by my side. They've used, they use my dialogue, you know, and they, they are there representing Carly. And then yeah. they ask the kids if, you know, that they too are the next generation online and they can also represent Carly in the space. Yeah. And so kids leave feeling empowered feeling that they have practical skills to be able to deal with things that are thrown at them online, um, uh, to deal with bullying, to deal with, you know, all a range of different things. Um, and then also to know how to report and where to report. Mm. And so that was the first part. Then I attended the very first Cyber Safety Summit in Canberra in 2010. Um, then I was part of advising on the legislation to open the office of the Safety Commissioner um, and I'm on a number of federal boards mm. uh, now, um, have been for a while, uh, advising the government on online safety uh, initiatives for young people. And that was kind of, you know, kind of how everything started. And then I started to look at legislation um, and, again, why police were unable to arrest until a child had been, you know, harmed. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, Sonia, what what a you know incredible you know incredible journey that you've been on, and you know thank you so much you know for sharing that with us because it you know as much as it's the story itself and and the details and I I cannot even begin to imagine what those four years were like. You know, losing a child is a big enough you know, issue and a big enough challenge for anyone to bear, let alone having it, you know, it, it, in the way that it happened with Carly. But like you said, all of the stuff that kind of comes with a, with a, with a criminal case afterwards, it's just it, it, I can, yeah, I cannot even begin to imagine. So thank you, you know, for sharing that with us. And I I really admire, though, the way you you can, you know, you've had obviously the, you know, some space and time as well, which is which is how which you know often helps. But the way you can look at it now, and you know, even how you just spoke about the gifts that you've received from that grief and from the trauma, it's a really, um, it's a really heartening way, you know, to hear you sort of talk about it. So, um, yeah, it's really inspiring. And and like you were saying, I've I've read a bit about your the project Connect work that you do, and and how that sort of to hear you talk about how it sort of just grew from you just going to talk to a couple of, you know, groups of school kids and things like that. And I believe now you have more than 300 seminars, you know, across the year at different places with students and parents across the entire country, which is which is really remarkable. And it's great that Carly's, you know, story is able to be shared and that, students across the country are able to connect and hear her story and connect with that um, for their I think own. because, she, you know, she's a real girl. She had a family and a life and a future and, you know, a lot of young people say she could have been my sister or my friend, I'm so sorry, and, you know, they it, just because it's a lived experience, it, that's what creates a connection. And then when you have the connection, 
then you're able to really get to the heart of young people and get them to really sit and think about, you know, to stop and pause for a moment and think about how their actions online will affect their their growth and their happiness and their experience. Mm. And, you know, as you said before, you know, um, I just wanted to touch on what you said before about the gifts in grief. If there's one message I can share with listeners is if you are in pain, you must face it. You must face it head on and feel it. Um, don't try and look for distraction or try and bury it. Um, You've got to feel it. Cry, scream, run down the road, you know, uh, find ways to be able to cope with it because the, the, the quicker you face it head on and feel it and understand that it's part of, of, of growth and journey, the, the, the stronger you're going to become. You're going to become so strong. And so, so much more resilient. Um, and so then you're able to, to deal with things that come at you um, as you kind of go through life. Um, you know, and, and it's, the journey's different for everyone. Mm. But, you know, f- for me, I mean, I didn't um, go down the road of any drugs. Uh, the doctors offered me so many different things to be able to, to cope. I just knew that if I touched any drugs, I'd lose my connection to my daughter and to myself. Um, stayed away from alcohol. I didn't didn't touch anything and just sat in the rawness of that pain. And this is a result. Mm. You know, this is a result. Like what's, what's happening, what's happened over the last decade is a result of that. And I'm so grateful that I was able to tap into something um, so powerful um, and uh, to be able to be doing what I'm doing now. Mm. But, you know, um, as I touched on, the, the education was the first kind of thing and then, of course, legislative change and I could just see the, the gaps in law and that's when I started to think about um, drafting Carly's law mm. and thinking about you know, how, how can police go in and arrest somebody before they've actually put their hands on a child in that grooming process, you know, mm. because often they'll find additional criminal evidence when they make that arrest. They'll find, you know, um, child exploitation material on computers. They might find paraphernalia in a house. They might find a whole range of other things and then they can um, lay additional charges. So, yeah, so essentially I guess um, for, for listeners that don't know what um, Carly's law is, I should probably tell them, huh? Yeah, I was just going to say, so I, so I know obviously, like you said, Project Connect is is some of the programs and services that you offer directly with young people and their parents. But then the other big part of what you do um, personally and the organisation does is the political advocacy work, which you've talked about, and and Carly's Law. And, um, you know, that I understand it was introduced into the Commonwealth Criminal Code in 2017 and in South Australia um, the following year. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we touched on it a little bit before um, as well, but legislation change is huge it's a huge achievement for anyone let alone a really small charity and you know and 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 for yourself it's amazing so yeah can you tell us a little bit about about Carly's law and and how how you've managed to do that and and what it's meant for the organization as well sure um so um essentially we looked at um drafting law which uh, as I said gave uh, officers the ability to go in and arrest a criminal before a child's harm. So essentially the federal version of Carly's law, there's two versions. 
federal version, Commonwealth version and a state version. So the Commonwealth version says any preparation to meet a minor under the age of 16 years old, which includes misrepresenting age, um, would mean up to 10 years imprisonment. So in that um, grooming process, you know, uh, when uh, officers are, are taking over the accounts of young people, they're seeing that, that, that somebody is falsifying their in, in information in order to be able to access a child, um, they can go in and arrest. Um, with Carly's Law State, it's tighter and in, the, in that it says, you know, if you um, fake your identity or age to a minor online and then attempt to meet the minor, the attempting to meet in itself is the offence. So, again, in their grooming conversations and in that grooming language, officers can see that and then go in and arrest. And they, the, the federal version was passed in 2017. The state version, as you said, passed in 2018. And the good news is the federal police, the Australian federal police, have come back to us and said they're using the heck out of Carly's law as a, as a gateway law, really, to get in the door, get a child out of harm, um, and, you know, basically uh, be able to make a difference and, and being able to, to stop a child from suffering. Now, what I didn't realise is it's the first law of its kind in the world being wow. preventative legislation rather than reactive legislation. And so the United Nations contacted me and said, you realise what this means? Hmm. Being Commonwealth law, you know, we can go and get toddlers and babies out of, you know, these uh, dark net uh, torture sites before they're actually um, harmed mm. rather than going in and getting them out when they've already been offended against. So yeah. I think I probably cried for about an hour in my hotel when I got that phone call because I could have never have realised that my daughter's law could affect global change. Yeah, that's and interesting. It, I didn't even understand that um, that capacity and that um, impact that that level of impact that it's had. That's that's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, so then they uh, offered to support um, support me to get into the criminal codes of as many countries as possible. And so then I, you know, travelled to the UK, New Zealand, um, the UAE, uh, America, and you know. Um, it's just been absolutely one hell of a journey uh, trying to get that in established and only just got back from Texas a little while ago, a month and a half ago. I was over there for four months um, in uh, meetings at the Capitol um, to have uh, elements of Carly's Law introduced into current child um, expo uh, exploitation uh, law and... Um, and also um, some other things as well that I can talk about. But um, the, the good news is is that, uh, you know, in one meeting um, the Secretary of State then uh, said to me, you know, we want to try and get this, these changes in, in this legislative session. And I was like, and the FBI and the Internet Crimes Against Children um, uh, detectives that were with me were like, huh, <laughs> we've been trying to do this for years what do you mean? <laughs> you know, I was, I was so shocked. Um, and so then next minute we, she's trying to find us a representative to be an author of the bill. Wow. So um, and then the other thing I wanted to get changed was get terminology changes there. So in legislation uh, the word child pornography is used. 
Um, and what I was trying to do was follow the Luxembourg guidelines and have that changed to child sexual abuse material to call it what it is and, um, you know, get, get representatives to understand that pornography conjures up completely different ideas um, and, you know, pornography is made for the pleasure of adults um, and when it comes to the sexual torture and rape of children, it's not pornography. Mm. So, you know, so we want to change that language. Well, they agreed to do that too. So we have two bills that are currently going through um, uh, the legislature. Uh, we've got uh, House Bill 3110 and House Bill 3111, and they're about to hit the Senate floor. That's now, if they get to the Senate floor, if they get through the Senate, it will become law and very soon. It's moved so quickly. It is huge. But even I am like, what the? <laughs> so um, taking the risk and, and flying and going in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> um, it, was a big ri- it was a big risk. Yeah. But uh, thankfully I was fine, um, was very careful and I was supported um, and it was worth every risk. Because, you know, child abuse against children online is a pandemic in itself. Yeah. There are children suffering all over the world every second of the day. And I was prepared to take that risk for the potential possibility of being able to pull those kids out of harm. Yeah. And you had no idea it would happen so quickly as well. That's amazing. I'm sure you probably thought there might be a visit involved. (laughs) I kind of had this kind of, I don't know, I just had this intuition, this feeling to just go that everything was going to be okay. Mm. I don't know where that, I don't know where that comes from. I think my daughter connected me to something. Mm. I think she might have connected me to the love frequency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get, and, what you're uh, and, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Everyone has their own beliefs, but I can tell you love is the most powerful force in the entire universe. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you have, when you're connected to that level of love, then then pretty much anything's possible and I'm living proof of it. Mm. You know, it's just, you know, she may be gone physically, but there is still connection. Mm. Um, and I don't understand it. I'm not religious. I don't have any particular beliefs. I'm just a human being with a limited brain function. You know, I'm not going to try and understand the ways of the universe, but there is certainly something else that goes on beyond this place. And, and uh, you know, the, um, you know, the, the things that have, that have happened um, over this time is really proof of that. Mm. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know that necessarily the most, the smartest or the most intelligent person's brain can provide the answers to those things anyway. Sometimes there's things that you just feel in your heart and, you know, you could go crazy trying to work out the explanation behind it all, I think. That's my, yeah, my theory on all of that anyway. So, yeah, that's amazing. And and so you said you mentioned that you've went you've been to New Zealand and to the UK and some other places. So have you had um different levels of success with with Carly's law in other places? Has it helped people think differently or or look um at their own legislation? Yes, yeah. It has. Um I mean, I think we're in pause at the moment because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, everyone's focus has gone towards that. Yeah. Um but thankfully in America um, there's been, you know, a lot of interest. Um, I'm flying back 
to the US in July to testify uh, and to um, progress um, Carly's law and the elements of Carly's law and and, and um, this other legislation. Um, and we also have some other initiatives, uh, Australian First, that we're taking over there as well, uh, our impact statement, our community impact statement. And, um, and so essentially I'll be going back over there and then I'll be going to DC, Washington DC, and meeting with federal politicians to talk to them about getting Carla's law federally, wow. speaking with the FBI and the US Marshals and, you know, talking to law enforcement because my... Uh, my journey, my story um, really helps law enforcement too because you think about them working in this area in child exploitation, things they have to see and deal with and they tell me that I inspire them and then they want to know about Carly's Law and how much they believe that it will assist them in, in helping to protect children. And so, you know, it's just really wonderful to be in a position to be able to affect this level of change I feel very, very grateful every single day, every single day. I wish more than anything that she was here with me and that she didn't have to f- suffer so, so, so much um, and see that side of humanity. I'll give anything to give her life back, but there's nothing I can do um, mm-hmm. to, to change what's what's unfolded. But what I can do is, you know, try and make her proud and try and fulfil what I think she would want me to do. And I know she'd say to me, Mum, for goodness sakes, do something. This can't happen to someone else, mm. you know. So, you know, that's kind of just what keeps on propelling me forward. And I'll continue to, I mean, at the moment I can go to the States. I have a lot of support there from law enforcement and and uh, the governor's office in Texas and and um, from other areas. But um, And I'll do that uh, if I can keep myself quite safe, Um but, you know, as far as the rest of the world travel, it's just going to have to be on pause for a little while until, um, you know, something shifts around this this uh, pandemic um, yeah. and just see what unfolds. But in the meantime, I'll continue to have meetings online and, yeah. and uh, do what I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So I know you've been acknowledged in so many ways for all of your incredible work. Um just to name a few of them, I know in 2013 you were awarded the South Australian Australian of the Year. Um, you were also nominated for Australian of the Year. Then you were a finalist in the Human Rights Medal um, and, and, as you mentioned earlier, on a number of different advisory boards nationally around e-safety and, and those sorts of things. So you were doing some really, really incredible things and you've just, you know, touched on I'm sure we've just touched the surface of some of those things here today. And you just talked about, you know, thinking about what Carly would want you to be doing. Is that is that what is your motivation to keep going every day? Because it's it's busy, um, you know, it's a busy world working in a small charity, let alone doing the level of stuff that you were doing. It's, it's huge. Um, is that what motivates you to keep going? What motivates me to keep going is... My daughter, of course, um, I think all of the time what she'd want me to do, what she'd say to me if she was here. And I'm just a mama trying to honour my daughter's legacy. I want to make sure that her legacy is, is extraordinary so that she didn't go through all that suffering for nothing. I Also, what motivates me every day are all the beautiful, amazing, gorgeous kids out there in the world 
they all deserve to have a life of happiness and to be protected and loved, mm. um, you know, uh, and, yeah, and supported. So, you know, I they motivate me, mm. children that I don't even know, that I've never even met. Um, they, they are the greatest gift, I believe, that we can get um, and they are our future. So if we don't do everything we can to protect them now, what do our future generations look like? Mm. You know, that it's going to be full of dysfunction and suffering and, you know, and then that cycle just continues. So, you know, I, there's a lot more I want to do um, and there are other things that, that, that are in process at the moment like sentencing reforms and, um, as I said, a community impact statement. So we're... We're looking uh, to the to the DPP to be able to you know read out a victim impact statement in 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 court so that um, you know they can kind of essentially focus on how um, these crime types affect the community and how can they speak up for those that are voiceless and can't speak for themselves, the kids that are not identifiable. Um, law enforcement have to look at this horrific material and deal with it all the time and often get it to prosecution and then the person gets a little or no sentence and then they're back on the street offending. I mean, I just want to stop that cycle, mm. you know, and uh, kind of more very much prevention-focused rather than react reactive, so very much pulling back and going, okay, well, what are some of the things that we can do, you know, to to put in those preventative measures and um, and also to support victims who don't get a voice. Um, and so, you know, there's a whole range of initiatives that I want to do both um, within Australia and globally and I will just keep on going. Um, I will not stop. I can tell you that much. Mm. Um, I definitely get that sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't stop. I mean, nothing is too much trouble for for the kids that are out there, you know, just trying to connect and, and yeah. create a life for themselves online. They shouldn't have to be worrying about who's lurking on a, so, on a social media platform or a gaming platform, um, you know, having to worry about people trying to manipulate them and, and coerce them into, into doing things that, that no young person should even be thinking about at that time, you know. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, pulling in the right people around me to be able to, you know, focus my vision um, out into the world and, and then have my daughter uh, and her love around me all the time and everything that I do, I feel it, particularly when police get arrest and arrest and they email the organisation and say, you know, through your, your disclosure or through this, we've managed to arrest this person which prevented this happening to a 10-year-old child or whatever it might be and every time that happens it's like well well okay keep on going keep on yeah. going keep on going you know yeah yeah so Sonia something we like to ask all of our guests on our small but mighty podcast is for you and for the Carly Ryan Foundation what does being small but mighty mean to you and your organization Oh, I think that, you know, hopefully it shows everyone out there that you don't need, you know, anything in particular to create change. Just all you need is belief in self and don't put any limitation on self, you know. I, I don't put any limitation on your ability um, and, you know, go for it. 
you know, do it. If you believe in something, if you have enough passion behind something, if you believe in something enough, if you have enough of that drive, that love, that determination within you, you can literally do anything. And I'm living proof of it because here I am in my little office in the Adelaide Hills in South Australia, you know, um, I don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars of funding and look at what I'm doing. Mm. People think I do, but I don't. I don't have very many staff. You know, as I said to you earlier, when I when I won the Mother of the Nation Award in the UAE, uh, and um, when I got back to Australia, the the embassy, the UAE embassy came across to my office in Adelaide Hills to present me with a certificate. You know, they came in their blacked out Mercedes, you know, with their, you know, um, amazing cloak. Uh, you know, outfits on and everything came into my little tiny itty bitty office. It was quite a moment, and they, you should have seen their faces. They couldn't <laughs> believe that I what, had done all I'd done. Yeah. yeah, the mother of the nation had done all of this work from this <laughs> tiny little, you know, donated office within yeah. a real estate agent in <laughs> within yeah. the, in the Adelaide Hills, and I love that. I actually love that, and I think yeah. Carly would laugh. Yeah, She'd be like go, mum. Yeah, you know, I'm sure so many of us could resonate with with that aspect of <laughs> no, not the started off. It's not the Abu Dhabi aspect, but just that whole yeah. You're yeah. in a little office, and you know, yeah. I know. Charity. I mean, I started in her bedroom. Yeah, you know, so um, yeah, that's where my first office was. Yeah, and you know, again, it just comes back to that de- determination and and real focus and belief in self and having enough passion. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm, I I have everything I need. I don't want to be spending uh, my valuable funding on a ginormous, flashy office. Mm. I just want to have what we need to be able to function well, have yeah. a healthy, holistic environment. Um, to be able to work and have a really good passionate team Mm. and you know I'm so fortunate all of my team I have the best people around me they all believe in her message and they are all so honored to represent her and it's a beautiful thing you know and so when you find the right people with the right heart then you've got quite the team and you know that's I was on my own for so many years, only in the last three years or so I've even had staff, three yeah. or four years. Yeah. So, That's you know, now that there's a few of us, it's like sky's the limit. I think um, I think the word inspiring is used a lot and I probably, I mean, I think I use it a lot myself but I don't think it actually quite covers yourself and, and how inspiring you are and I'm sure that you have these fantastic people around you in your team because they have you know you to to work with and and to inspire them and and that passion even just in this conversation that we've had today I can see the passion oozing out of you <laughs> um and it's it's quite you know it's quite remarkable and um you know to think to think everything that had happened to Carly and you know you're one mum, one woman, one human doing such incredible things with this team around you, I understand, but um, you've definitely been the driving force there. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, I guess, for for everything, um, you know, not just for chatting with me today, but for everything that you've done to really create some incredible change in our country and in other parts of the world, as you spoke about, um, for children um, everywhere to be able to live 
you know, that little bit safer and that little bit happier and especially as this world, like you said, I think you mentioned when you sort of started the organisation, we were just getting into Facebook or, you know, yep. everything's online now and kids have, kids, you know, I know my niece and nephew have access and um, friends, children's to to different apps and programs and, you know, different social media tools and accounts and, you know, and it's challenging. Well, on that, on that I'd like to let listeners know that, we provide a lot of practical resources. So head to our website, carlyryanfoundation.com and go to the resources tab and there you can find fact sheets on heaps of different apps and gaming platforms to give you an idea of how they work, what the settings are about, um, how to protect your child using them because if you understand how applications work, then you're far better equipped to uh, be able to support your young person. There's also an online safety contract to create an agreement between you and your child for internet use because, you know, right. you're providing the internet service, you're paying for it. Yeah. You know, that's you're providing really the device until they're financially independent. Yeah, I think it's part of the challenge. I know some of my friends, they'll talk to me or my brother or sister-in-law about you know, that their kids are smarter than them about these different apps and the program, so they don't always necessarily feel... They're not smarter in life. Yeah. No, no, not smarter in life. They don't have the the life experience to be able to manage some of the people they may come across in the online space. As far as tech-wise goes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we have the online safety contract so that then... You know, you have that agreement between yourselves and if your child puts their safety at risk in any way, you've got to remove them from that space. Yeah. You wouldn't put them in a car and tell them to drive down the street with no driving experience. So we mustn't put them online with no life experience, Yeah. you know, without the ability to be able to deal with the things that can potentially come their way. So we have our online safety contract on there. We have a settings booklet. We have a bunch of other things. And we have, um, we're about to launch a, a, t- a toolkit as well. We did a teacher's toolkit a while ago, but we're just updating it and we're going to do an official launch yeah. uh, on that soon. So, so you know, and also check out our socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook too and give us a follow if anyone's listening so you can keep up with my travels and what we're doing yeah. and, we'll definitely um, you know, just put the support, support Carly's legacy in any way you can. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Sonia. We'll put we'll definitely put the link to your website and those resources in our show notes um, from today's episode as well. And um, yeah, so yeah, that'd be great. yeah. yeah. At least listeners can go away with practical things that they can actually apply within their own lives, and yeah. you know, um, which which is important to me. Definitely. Thank you once again, Sonia, for all of your time today. Um, it's been a it's been a um, It's been a delight talking to you. It really has. I really appreciate your time. Um, And I know our listeners will have felt inspired and um, as well, but also learned some of these really practical things that you've just talked about too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Bianca. Thanks for having me.